Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, like Sweet Sapphire, to provide a seamless mortgage experience, baby. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio 855-2124-CBS. And Ryan Hickey is absolutely right. They just did a pan of Kyle Field. There's got to be fifty to 60,000 people in that stadium. There's no way there's only 30,000 people. Hickey, I will kiss your bare ass on Euclid Avenue here in Cleveland. If there are only thirty thousand people in that, in that stadium right now, there is not a chance. There's only thirty thousand people at Kyle Field. I think we found the loophole to like to attendance. Wow. You it's- say we're only allowing X amount, and then you just sell it out as much as possible. Put like two rows here and there to say, yeah, we're doing social distance, and then just it, it, pack it, it in. Exactly. All it is because you just see these big swaths of open sa- sections. There's no way there's only thirty thousand people in that stadium. In the end There's zone, they spaced it out. But in between, from goal line to goal line, the width of the field, that it's is... Packed. It's packed. That, there's maybe one look seat at this, open. Look at that in the corner. It's packed in there. There's no way... If, there, if there's 30,000 people, my name's Anthony Lima. There's not a chance in hell there's, 30, 000, there's only 30,000 people in that stadium. What college football has become, you watch these games, and we're all wondering how many... like. I was watching Cowboys Browns last week. Obviously, there was no way there was only twenty thousand people in that stadium. Not a chance. Not a chance. There were only twenty thousand people. They'll say it's twenty thousand because what football and college football certainly has become. When you look into the stands, it's just like WrestleMania three. Yeah, they say it's ninety three thousand. How many people were really there? Well, you say there's only twenty thousand in certain people, certain places. How many are really there? I saw Georgia Auburn last week. How many people were supposed to be at Georgia Auburn last week? Did they say like five, five thousand or something like that? Sanford Stadium nearly had a full boat. That picture last like week it. looked the same. Like put it twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, it looks the same. It that you put that picture like there were some empty seats. That looked like the fourth quarter against a Sun Belt team or a D one AA SEC opponent. That's what that looked like. FB FCS, I should say. That's what that looked like. All right. Go ahead, I guess. I mean, that's – oh, there's there seems to be a lot of people there. Paying attention to this right now. Texas A&M, is, we, had a, we had a caller earlier calling for Jimbo Fisher's job. Right now it looks they're, – they're competing. They are competing. Kyle Trask has got a game on his hands, boy. Just about six minutes left to go in the first half there. All right. We just got done talking to Mike Sando. Mike Sando's been sensational with us, and he was sensational again. There comes a time for every host when a guest makes a point so good, you actually become jealous of that guest and his point. And Mike Sando did that with what he says right here about Jerry Jones. I got to tell you, I do a podcast every Tuesday with Randy Mueller, the old uh, GM, and and uh, our 
episode right before the season was about how the Cowboys are overrated. So I got to, I got to, I got to say, I told you so a little bit on this one because <laughs> they're set up to fail. You know, I think people, I think we don't realize that it's not a great ownership situation from a football standpoint, right? Jerry Jones is in the Hall of Fame and he's, they've won there in the past, but it's been a long time and it's hard to overcome his type of ownership, in my opinion. It's sort of like as Al Davis went along, right? Um, it was hard for the Raiders to win. And I think that when you have a hodgepodge of a coaching staff, when everybody in the building knows that uh, Mike McCarthy really isn't the boss, okay, they're not even running his offense necessarily. So how as a coach are you going to come in there and have accountability over your team and have the answers and the plan to win when you came in and they made the guy who'd been a coordinator for one year keep the offense? When they bring in a defense coordinator who might not have even been may or may not have even been your choice. We don't know. Um, to me, I think that their record could have been better than it is right now, That, but ultimately of where they're going to be in the end, um, I don't know how they're going to – I don't think they have the ingredients just as an organization to get over the top. That tells me Mike McCarthy has an insane amount of confidence in himself. Or he just wanted to be I, – I know you want to be a head coach that bad – but if that's the situation that they're dealing with in Dallas, no, no one's going to be successful there. And now you find out, and the more you think about it, you find out why Jason Garrett was there for so long. I got nothing against Jason Garrett. I don't think that he's God's gift to coaching. I got nothing against Jason Garrett, though. He was a, a cowboy from the old days, went with the cowboy system. They, they made him the coach in waiting which what they did to Wade Phillips is basically the same thing. What Mike Sando says, like, we've always talked about Jerry Jones, the owner, being too involved. That's not breaking any news. But as time goes on and he becomes more obsessed with winning one more before he goes, he's 77 years old. And you have your son there to take care of and you have your daughter there to take care of I understand this. But you do have to start wondering, all right, with Al, it got a little bit different because it became difficult. He might not have been all there at the end. But some of the decisions, I think that Jerry Jones still has it with all his thoughts and everything like that. But you start to think, are you making rational decisions or are you trying to beat Father Time? Because it's your team, and you can do with your team as you wish, but the decisions that you're making with your team, unless your son, who he might not know any better at times, unless your son gets involved, you're going to have problems. Because Mike McCarthy is not a bad coach. He's a Super Bowl winner. He's pretty good. I wouldn't put him up there in the upper echelon right now. He's, he's a veteran, strong NFL coach who knows what he's doing. This doesn't look like you know what you're doing. To 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 give up leads, to have to have one win where basically you should be an 0-4 football team. You are much more talented than that. Zeke Elliott's more talented than that. I think Dak Prescott is the only thing that's been able to shine through this. Losing Leighton Vander Esch has been a, been a problem for them. Sean Lee has always been the heart and soul of that defense. Problem is, poor guy can never stay healthy. Alden Smith played his ass off for you. Nobody saw that one coming, so there is that positivity there. And the offensive line has had to deal with some injuries. Thank God the NFC East is so dreadfully bad. 
But I said before, when I was defending Carson Wentz earlier in this show in the 11 o'clock hour, which you can hear, 11 o'clock Eastern hour, which you can hear on CBSSportsRadio.com, as well as the Radio.com app. You can rewind, usually locally you can, but you can still pick it up on the Radio.com app. When I said this at 11 o'clock, defending Carson Wentz, I'd still put the Eagles right there because I trust their organization. I don't trust Dallas. And with the other two organizations, no. Washington, the Giants, not a chance in hell. So when I got a guy like Mike McCarthy, I I feel terrible in that case because you were either so desperate and it's the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a different organization. People grow up watching them. They're not like the Yankees in a classic sense, and I'll talk more about that in baseball at another time. But they are the Cowboys. There is a certain level to that. But Mike McCarthy wanted to be a head coach so bad, and right now he is just making Aaron Rodgers look better and better and better as the weeks go on. And when I'm hearing this from Mike Sando, it may very well not be altogether Mike McCarthy's fault. There is responsibility shared because you're an NFL head coach. But when they come in there and your pills are basically cut off from the beginning, what's the point? Hick, are we ready for Dead or Alive 2020? Oh, hell yes, Kenny. Let's do it. You've been looking forward to this for like two weeks. I'm ready. All right, let's get going. Dead or Alive 2020. All right, you guys might or might not know the rules. I am usually very accurate with this, outstandingly accurate with this. Out of 32 teams each year, what would be my percentage here, Hick? I would have to – okay, 32 teams. I've got three wrong in, in one of each of the last three years. So for whatever reason, I've been pretty good at this. So 32 times 3 is 96 divided by 3. That ain't going to work. No. You are three I, divided I by 96. 97% accuracy I mean, rate. Come on. Who's going to beat me? Who's gonna that beat is me a this? lock. If I, t- if I tell you your team's going, not going to the playoffs, there's no point of you even watching the rest of the season. Okay? ESPN FPI can't hang with my stuff. I turn the Sloan Conference down. That's how good I am. I don't even. I don't need any of the MITers come talking to me. I don't want them to dumb me down. That's how good I am at dead or alive. But it's different because now there's a seventh team, and so somebody who might have been dead, they're going to get a stay from the executioner here. But Hickey, this is dead or alive. Not anybody we don't know. I have to make a strong, hard ass opinion right from the get go. Are they going to be a playoff team, or are, they, or are they still a playoff team, or are they not a playoff team? Doesn't mean that there's only seven. Doesn't mean that. It's after the first month of the season. Always we do this. There's teams that are already dead, and there's teams that are still alive. Who is dead? Who is alive? That is it. Hickey, let's get going. All right, Kenny. We'll start in the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills, are they dead or alive? Oh, easy. Certainly alive. We're off to a good start here. I mean, Buffalo's going to win that division for the first time since, what was it, 95? I think was the last time that they won that division. The Buffalo Bills. I have to look that up. Go ahead. How about the New England Patriots? Are they dead or alive? <sighs> Again, easy. You got Belichick, you're going to be alive. And it's the first. It's only the first month of the season. I think that that right there is a nine-win football team. And hopefully they can. They're going to be put in a tough spot now because Belichick's just closing the facility to make sure that everybody's happy. And I and I can respect that. I can certainly respect that. I should, I said happy. I meant healthy. Everybody's healthy, and I can respect that. 
Uh, last time they won the division was 95. I'm on it, man. I'm I'm kicking ass and taking names this morning or this afternoon. Uh, they are alive. New England is very much alive. That's what that one's easy. Next, the one in three Miami Dolphins, dead or alive? This pains me. I really like Brian Flores. I don't think that he's disappointed me. Some people are saying they're disappointed. I think you guys are nuts. This team went out of their way to tank it last year. He got them to five wins. But what did I tell you before the season, Hick, when we did our previews and we were saying bold things? I said they got to crawl before they walk. They're not going to take that leap. Don't put this hate on Brian Flores. Oh, because he won't play Tua? Folks, there's a difference between best quarterback on your roster and most ready to play. Keep playing Ryan Fitzpatrick if the kid ain't ready. When he's ready, Brian Flores will play him, okay? But Miami is dead for 2020. Next. I'm laughing just asking this question. <laughs> the New York Jets. Oh, I'm gonna four. say I'm gonna say Hickey. Record this one. <laughs> the Jets are dead for 2020, and they're dead already for 2021. In October of 2021, <laughs> you go ahead and you play this one because they're dead. They're dead now, and they're dead in the future. They are dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they'll have Trevor Lawrence. Guess what? You're still dead. You're still the Jets. Okay? You're the Jets. I'm going to assume you're dead. Next. You're dead until you're alive. I mean, good God, the Jets. <laughs> I pray for Sam Darnold. I really do. I got a Bible right over here to my right, and I want to pray for that young man and say, I can't wait till you end up in Indianapolis or New Orleans. Oh, I hope so, Kenny. I oh, so. I can't wait. Him with Frank Reich or Sean Payton, forget about it. Away from Adam Gase. Adam Gase, it looks like his eyes move around like a snow globe. Next. We'll go to the NFC North, a division you are very familiar see, with. See, he's a professional, and I can do that. You see how that works? Yes, I, I like that. I like that Thank a lot. Thank you. Thank you. The Pittsburgh Steelers, only three games played, but oh, they are 3-0. Oh, they are alive. They are absolutely alive. It's weird. They, they're 3-0, and but the teams they played are combined 0-3. But you know what? Your record is what you say. They're, that's a top-end defense. That running game, you know what? There's a little bit of life there, and since they've had a chance to get healthy, that offensive line, there's a little bit of life in that running game. I like Benny Snell. He lost those 15 pounds. He's looking good. Look good. In the words of the old man from Dazed and Confused, who's definitely dead in real life as well, looking good, looking tough, Benny Snell. Next. Or James Conner, too. Next. The Baltimore Ravens, dead or alive? I'm right alive. The worst thing about the Ravens is I compare them, because I'm in Cleveland, I compare them with the 2018 Cleveland Indians. When the 2017 Cleveland Indians had a 22-game winning streak and then lost in the first round of the postseason to the New York Yankees, nothing since then has been good enough for fans. Nothing, And I'm a fan, nothing's been good enough for me. There's All the bloom is off the rose. Nothing but a championship will excite me. When they went out and they got hammered by Kansas City, no regular season win matters. Like, they could beat Washington. They beat Washington last week. Nobody cared. No one cares about any win the Ravens get until they win in the postseason in Baltimore. But they certainly are alive as a 3-1 and football team with still a very good football team altogether. They, the defense is still good. It's, it's gotten better over the last year. And, and the offense, obviously, is good with Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP. Next! How about the clinic team you know very well? I can't even talk there. The Cleveland Browns, okay. dead or alive? What do you think I'm going to say? You are 100% saying alive. Three Crank one. up! The Michael Stanley, they're alive, baby! 
The Cleveland Browns. And I haven't been able to say that. The Cleveland Browns are alive. Baker Mayfield, game manager Baker Mayfield, looking good, looking good, looking tough. Game manager Baker Mayfield, looking strong. I'm happy about it, friendo. Next. The Cincinnati Bengals, dead or alive? They're dead. And if they can't protect Joe Burrow, I worry about Joe Burrow's future there as well for this season. I'm worried about that boy. He's got a lot of talent. And he just is, oh, he is just taking a beating. He's like Terry Funk back there. Next. We go to the AFC South. Tennessee Titans, dead or alive? I mean alive, but I don't know if they deserve to be after all this craziness. But, yeah, Tennessee's alive. 3-1 and one, or 3-0. and oh. Yeah, because I keep messing it up. I already wanted to give him a loss for the Bills game and a forfeiture. Uh, Mike Vrabel's done a fantastic job as still. It, yeah, and it's a shame we don't get to see more Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's starting to rebuild himself. Now, I don't know if people noticed that. God, he had four touchdowns the other day. Well, like now it seems like eight years ago because they haven't played. Next. The Indianapolis Colts, Kenny, 3-1, and one, dead or alive? <sighs> Are you really thinking about this? Yeah. What? Philip Rivers' arm. Wow. wow. He's so he's so old. Their red their red zone offense so stinks because of him. Old. I think he's like an old man who doesn't want to retire because he doesn't want to go home to his family because he's got a billion kids running around there, and I'd rather be playing football too. Uh, I. Uh, you know what? No, you did. Wow. Indianapolis is dead. The I don't care if they're 3 winning and 1. The team that's dead. Well, if you're just going to go with records there, then what's the point of doing the segment there, Hick? And you know as well as I do, you weren't even upset. You have that feeling too. No, I, talked to I Derek think Schultz in Indianapolis, team. they're like, "Eh, hey, you know, I mean, it's it's whatever. We're kind of looking forward to the next quarterback as well." Oh, okay. Hell, you did you or did you not get all wet in the pants when I was talking about Sam Darnold there for a second, did you? Oh, I did. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Next, let's finish up the AFC. Let's go. Rapid fire. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, they're dead. Go ahead. Houston Texans, are they alive at all? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Romeo Cronell's going to circle the way. No, go ahead. They're dead. Next. AFC West. This is a tough one. The Kansas City Chiefs, dead or alive? They're alive. How about the Raiders? Las Vegas, 2-2. Dead. Dead or alive? Oh, dead. dead. The Raiders with John Gruden will Raiders. And, yeah, Derek Carr's brother can go tweet nasty at me as well. Like the last time I did, they lost four in a row. Yeah, I don't think I forgot that, Pally. Dead. Next. Up yours, Derek Carr's brother. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't go that far. (laughs) One in three. (laughs) Los Angeles Chargers. They're dead. And finally, Justin, that's such a weird team. They got talent, and it's just like, what, what are you doing? And Justin Herbert started off well. Really, real quick, if you're a quarterback and you don't start off well, if your rookie quarterback does not start off well, you need to be worried because the league is set up for them all to start off really hot. It's it's what they do when defenses make adjustments. That's why I'm not over the moon about Daniel Jones, and that's why I was always fearful about Dwayne Haskins, but I felt bad for Dwayne Haskins from the second they drafted him, and I'll bring that up probably in the next segment. Go ahead, final team. We'll wrap it up with the Denver Broncos. Kenny, dead or alive? Uh, they are very much dead. I love Vic Fangio. I guess we're throwing a different way to say his last name all of a sudden. I've been saying I was just going to say, my where did life. that come from? They said all of a sudden, they said it's Fangio. Who said that? The media in Denver. What? Yeah. That's I like this Tyrod to Rod Taylor situation. Oh, don't get me started about that. I had to break up a fight between two media professionals over Tyrod and Tyrod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got nasty, friend. Oh, it got nasty. Holy cow. All right, coming up next, 
the NFC. So alive, Buffalo, New England, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee. Congratulations on all your success. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-CBS. I- I'm gonna get, we're going to finish up. Dead or Alive coming up in the final segment. Also, Andrew Filipponi standing by. I guess he had some sort of smart-ass thing to say about Pittsburgh. What did he say about Pittsburgh there, Hick? Uh, he said something about how it was very obvious that the Steelers are much alive in the playoffs. He said no bleep, but he said the actual word. Oh, congratulations for listening to me. If you have something as good as Dead or Alive, people listen to you, huh? Pony? I like Pony. I'm kidding. I got I to gotta comment on this here. Now... OU just scored. Tanner Mordecai is in at quarterback for the OU or for the OU uh, Sooners. Now there's a question of whether or not, and I wanted to make sure because at first it looked like Spencer Spencer Rattler threw a terrible interception, and then it looked like he got benched. There's some people saying he's injured. Now I'm watching the game on mute. I can't see anything. Do we see anything that says he's injured? There's a couple of questions of whether or not he's injured. He looks fine on the sideline from what I saw him, so I'm not necessarily sure. I don't know what he might have heard except his feelings. I can't – I don't understand why he might be injured. And he gets benched after throwing a terrible interception. That was right after the interception. Is that correct, Hickey? Yes, he threw two first-half interceptions, and right you after know, that second one, he did not come back on the field. I'm not – I'm only going to criticize – I'm not going to – I'm going to fairly criticize. Because if he were a pro quarterback, yeah, I'd go after him. I'd probably get nasty about it. That's what I do. You're paid professionals. I'm a paid professional. I talk bleep for a living. This is the way it goes. I'm not going to do that to an amateur. I don't care how much his Instagram is worth. I guess it's worth $800,000. I don't care how much it's worth. He's a, he's an amateur. He's he, We call him college kids, even though he's an adult. He's an amateur. I'm not going to go after him in that sense. I just I start to feel bad because there's people, and I'm looking at social media, they are ripping him to shreds. And some of that is that, hey, he's playing a high-profile position at a high-profile school, and he's supposed to be fourth in line after Mayfield and Murray and Jalen Hurts, two Eisman Trophy winners and another runner-up. You're playing a very big position for a school that's turned into quarterback you. But I also think some of this goes back to QB1. When you're a public figure and you're young, that tends to lead to hubris. I brought that word up before today. And what makes football so great is that this does this more than any of the other sports because there's so many people running around. The athleticism is still strong across the way, and there's so many different sizes and shapes that play on a football field. It does this more than a lot of other sports. It's humbling. And it's not a surprise that when we see the best play, they come off as humble at the very beginning. A guy like Aaron Rodgers, he said something that was crazy. I don't want to bring that up in the final segment. He said something I thought was kind of crazy. It's just like, whoa, I can't believe you said such a statement right there. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. Aaron Rodgers has proven to a lot of people that he was right. Mike McCarthy was wrong. He's smelling himself a little bit. But for the young guys in this league, the young guys who play that position, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, who's not that very old, Deshaun Watson, who's got a world of problems right now down in Houston that he has to deal with, they all come off humble. That's why we like Joe Burrow, because we give you a little bit of extra leeway. Joe Burrow, I think, has completed some nice passes. We give Joe Burrow even more because we know he's getting his ass handed to him. We're not saying nasty things about Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow comes off humble. Joe Burrow comes off the right way. 
Joe Burrow's dad was a coach. That probably plays a little bit into it and why he might be humble. But we love humility, especially in football. And for a guy who was featured on television with a couple of other guys, that it, with the Elite 11 or whatever it is, we're always looking to go after you. We're always looking for it. And then I find myself in a situation where I'm going, he's young, you don't know any better. He's in a pressure-packed situation. And some guys are better at handling that pressure than some others. Tanner Mordecai comes in. Nobody knew who the hell Tanner Mordecai was until I said his name. Comes in, goes right down the field, boom, Oklahoma up 17-10. Pressure's different for guys. Spencer Rattler has had building pressure going on for a long time. Humility goes a long way. And I can't even be critical because I'm not sure if it's him being brash or arrogant or if he hasn't worked hard. I don't know yet. I have no idea yet. But for a guy who comes from that system, look no further than Baker Mayfield. Came in, shaking his garbage at everybody, talking trash to radio show hosts. Then last year, he got humbled. This year, it's quiet Baker. Hey, we don't want to talk about 2019. We don't want to talk about losing. We're we're going out there and we trust each other and we're trying to win games and the, and this is the way it is. God willing, we're going to just keep on out there and we take it one game at a time. That's a hell of a lot different than sitting on Colin Cowherd's couch, isn't it? That's what we like. That's why we give those guys a chance. 855-2124-CBS. We'll finish up Dead or Alive. And also, sometimes, for a lot of men, there comes a time where you realize you became your father. And it's the same for quarterbacks as well. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS, is brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. Speak now, forever holds your peace, and they can save you an extra 15% or more on car insurance as well as RV and motorcycle insurance. Visit geico.com for more. Also, I don't have the read in front of me because for whatever reason I can't open up my work email, but there's a great plate of NFL football that's going to be on CBS tomorrow. You're going to want to watch because CBS is par excellence according next to anybody else. When it comes to NFL football, JB and the guys get it all started with the NFL today at noon. You'll all be able to watch that. Right off the top of my head, I can give you that one. 855-2124-CBS. I want to get to dead or alive, but I, I got this quote from Aaron Rodgers. Boy, there comes a time, and I spoke about humility. You remember when Aaron Rodgers was first drafted? And... Brett Favre, I'm not here to change anybody's diapers. Not me. It's not. It's not on me to get anybody ready. It's not on me to get him ready to be an NFL quarterback. I'm still here to win. And Aaron Rodgers, oh well, you know, it's. I'm just happy to be here in the NFL, and when I get my chance, I'll get my chance. And Mr. Favre is a really legendary quarterback, and I'll just, I'll just do what I'm supposed to do. And there was a couple of awkward moments here and there, but he was really humble. It's all nice. And now Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. He had this to say on the Pat McAfee show. It does help being the second year, for sure. I feel a lot more comfortable. But, you know, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me. Because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. Oh! Yes! Oh! Yes! 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 <laughs> that was awesome. I am so happy you said that. Oh my God! That's just like a, that is yeah. Drop a dime. That was awesome. Good for you, dude. Hey, it's just yeah. the facts, bro. That's some strong stuff by him. Audio courtesy Pat McAfee show.
boy, boy, things have changed for Aaron Rodgers. I find myself at times when my when I'm raising my kids, I say some things, I think some things, I say a couple of things that I know are just bothered or borrowed from my father. And every now and then, there's a couple of times where I go, oh, that's a great trait. And every now and then I go, ah, that's something my dad would have done. Maybe I should have done that. I, for most men, they reach a point in their lives where they've become their father or they share those traits with their father. Good, bad relationship with the old man doesn't matter. My dad and I have gotten along my entire life, except for one time he knocked my door off the hinges, but that was a different day. That was a different story as well. Um Except for one day in my life, my father and I have always gotten along. And not a lot of guys can say that. And so it's easy for me to do it, but even the guys who don't get along with the old man, they end up becoming their father even though they don't want to become their father. And here we are with Aaron Rodgers so many years later. He's talking like Brett Favre. He's not here to get Jordan Love ready. And you can see this one coming. Green Bay, when we get ready for dead or alive here coming up in just moments, Green Bay's obviously alive. You know what? It's not just the Green Bay's obviously alive. You better go out there and you better win the whole freaking thing this season. Because if you don't, you can start to see, or this thing ends up going south some way somehow, or God forbid something bad happens to Aaron Rodgers, and I don't want anything like that to happen. This divorce is going to be messy. This is the beginning of Brett Favre Part 2. Now, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to contemplate retiring openly and weep as he leaves the field after a, after a, the end of a regular season that this could be the end for me. I don't think he's going to do any of that Brett Favre stuff that Brett Favre did. He'll probably just want to keep playing. But you can already see it. This divorce, it will happen. They will try to do what they can with Jordan Love. I don't think they'll just turn around and trade Jordan Love at some point. They took him in the first round for a reason. This breakup will happen, and it's going to be messy because this guy hasn't lost a step. Mike Sando brought up a lot of valid points. Hey, his passes were just as good the last couple of years. Wide receivers just weren't catching them. Well, now they are, and Aaron Rodgers is playing his ass off. And he's feeling it. He's talking big boy stuff, and he's ready for another Super Bowl. And if he wins another Super Bowl, thank goodness it'll pan out for you because that divorce, whenever it happens, whether it be this year or next year, it's going to happen, and it's going to be ugly. Are we ready for it? Let's do it, Hick. The second half, dead or alive, do it. All right, Kenny, we'll go with the first place in the NFC East, Philadelphia 1-2-1 Eagles, dead or alive? I like this organization still. I defended Carson Wentz earlier today. That offensive line, that offensive line might be completely off the top of my head, might be completely new. Dillard went down. Jason Peters hurt his foot. They put him on the IR. Lane Johnson had an injury last week. I mean, you have problems on that offensive line because of the injuries. I think Carson Wentz is still proving that he's he's got guts. He might have the yips a little bit because I don't think he wants to get hit every single day or in every single play, but he's got guts. He's willing to, to put it on the line to win. They needed that win like you need air last week. They got it, and they really should have because he's clearly the best quarterback going against that other team that playing in San Francisco. Uh, I say you're going to be surprised. I'm going to say Philadelphia is alive. The Philadelphia Eagles are alive. Next. Well, some in this division has to be alive. Speaking of well, which. Well, I'm not. See, I wasn't going to use the division. I'm not going to say the NFC East. I know someone's got to win the division, and it looks like only one team's going to come out of the NFC East to go to the playoffs. So, fine, go right on ahead. Okay, sure. all right. Second place at one yeah. and three, the Washington football team, dead or alive? Oh, they're dead. 
Yeah, they are definitely dead. Um, I feel bad for Dwayne Haskins. The only person who wanted Dwayne Haskins – I'm serious about this. The only person who wanted Dwayne Haskins was Dan Snyder, and people said, oh, he had ample opportunities. He did? Since when? When did, when did Dwayne Haskins have a real good shot? Jay Gruden didn't want him. The offensive coaches didn't want him. Jay Gruden was open about not really wanting him. Now, some of this he might have done to himself. Some of the players were talking about how his work ethic is there. I don't. Again, you were drafted in a position where you were overdrafted by an owner. Then a new coach comes in. You didn't even get a chance to get your career off. Now, some of that might be on you. But some of that might definitely be on Dwayne Haskins. We'll have to see how that shakes out. But, man, they do not want him to play. They want him to learn, and they want him back in the books. Or they might just get rid of him at the end of this season because it looks like Ron Rivera's in there. Hopefully he's going to be feeling better soon. We're pulling for Ron Rivera, but he looks like he's going to be making some massive changes within that roster, and that probably includes a new quarterback because even Alex Smith is the second guy. So they are going to move on from Dwayne Haskins, it seems. Or you're going to have to go and do what Alex Smith did, go be down on the third team, hit the books, hit the training table, and then if your number's called again, get after it. Same thing with Kirk Cousins, which happened there twice. Happened to Alex Smith twice as the third-team quarterback. Happened to Kirk Cousins as well as in Washington. But I think it's basically done with Dwayne Haskins, and I think they're done in 2020. That's not hard to say. Next. I think if you asked Mike Sando this question, he would say dead. But, Kenny, what do you think? The Cowboys, one in three, dead or alive? <sighs> oh, they're alive. They're alive. I'm picking Dallas to be alive. They, that's That team has too much talent offensively. C.D. Lamb is a veteran. They got four wide receivers that would be a number one anywhere else. Do we realize that? They have Gallup. They have Wilson. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. Those are four great wide receivers. Any team out there would love to have them. Unless they're the Dallas Cowboys. There's too much offensive power on that team. S- something's got to give. That defense... Dak Prescott threw for 200 yards in the final eight minutes last Sunday. Something's got to give. You're going to be playing. You're playing New York tomorrow, so that should be your second win of the season. No, Dallas isn't dead. No, I'm not getting fooled by that. Everybody hates Dallas and is jumping off the bandwagon and says Mike Nolan should be fired and, and, and Mike McCarthy should be fired, which now it's just turning into he's Jason Garrett part two. If the real problem, according to what Mike Sando said and is being told, is Jerry Jones, then fine, he might be the – then the real problem might be up in the big box, but I'm still not counting out the Cowboys. They're alive. Next. The New York Giants, dead or alive? The Giants are definitely dead. And I think that – could it be one and done for Joe Judge? Hear me out on this. You ready? You ready? Is Dave Gettleman going to survive the season? Uh, He'll probably survive this season. Will he see another draft? That's another question. Well, that's what I mean. Will he survive? I should say, will he survive to the 2021 draft? Okay, well, if you're a new general manager, are you going to bring in your own head coach? You would like to. Would you be allowed to is the question. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be allowed if you're the new owners general manager? Hands on. You see owners saying we're keeping this coach. Yeah, the Mars and the Tishes, I, they're almost a ship adrift right now, folks. Like, th- this is – it is – what you're seeing – I hope people realize this, and this is why when, – when I was just – I had a tweeter who said he was a Ravens fan and I got it right about the season – Give yourself some time. If you're a really good football team in the NFL and you're a fan of one of those teams, give yourself a little bit of time. Even though you expect more, just smell the roses for a quick second because you can see we're a good organization with strong ownership in the past, like the Giants, and there have been times where, hey, they ain't always been good. There were some times in the 90s there it got a little hairy. 
But like the Giants, where it can fade and it can go quickly and it can seem like it's impossible to get it back and righted. But if you if you fire Dave Gettleman, I think I think Joe Judge's job is up for grabs. Absolutely, I think it's up for grabs. And also think about this for just a second. You might be going in a different direction at quarterback already because if you get the number one overall pick, are you going to let Trevor Lawrence pass? Really? You're going to do that for Daniel Jones, who another guy picked, if Dave Gettleman's fired? Like, there are a lot of things that can unravel here. And if there's another long Kansas City push in the postseason, maybe that's the place where finally Eric Bieniemy, where he should have been a head coach two years ago, gets to be a head coach with a new quarterback. Because all these teams just couldn't be waiting for Bieniemy, so they had to go out there and hire somebody else. Maybe he gets his shot because he coaches for a long time, and they get rid of Dave Gettleman. New general manager comes in and says, all right, come on in. Let's do it. And i got to keep going because we got to hurry up with the rest of this. So go. We have three divisions in three minutes. Go. The Green Bay Packers, 4-0, dead or alive. Alive. Next. Bears, 4-1, dead or alive. Dead. Next. Lions, dead or alive. Who's their coach? Matt Patricia. That's a bloated <laughs> corpse. Next. Vikings, 1-3, just got to win. Dead or alive? Uh, I love you, Mike Zimmer. Don't make me a fool. You're alive, baby. You're alive. Woo! You are alive, Mike. Get that seventh spot. Go. His girlfriend bringing the Vikings back. Let's go to the NFC South. Hey, Buccaneers. I saw that. I saw that and I heard that. <laughs> hey, they're 1-0. They are 1-0 since that On the, that on the field, picture. you're under. Under field, you're under five. On the field, you're under 500. Off the field, you got that, perfect win percentage yeah. there, Haas. Next. <laughs> Tampa Buccaneers, 3-2, dead or alive? Alive. Saints, also 3-2, dead or alive? Alive. Panthers, 2-2, two two, dead or alive? I'm under Matt Rule's spell. Alive. Wow. Yep, I'm pro Matt Rule. I know, I'm pro Matt Rule. I'm going to get a nasty text here in about three minutes from you-know-who. But I'm pro Matt Rule. Carolina's alive. Next. How about those Atlanta Falcons? Next, we know the answer. <laughs> Let's go we to the NFC it. West. Seattle Seahawks, dead or alive? Oh, they're alive. The Rams, three and one, dead or alive? Alive. How about the Cardinals, two and two, dead or alive? These last two losses have been ugly for them. They have. And Colin Murray didn't look that good the other week. Uh, uh, this is was this a trendy a pick. Hey, no, is this is this the Browns from last year? All of a sudden. Uh, Oh. Eh, oh, eh, oh, Maybe a year oh, too soon. Oh, 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 that 97% win percentage, Kenny. Dead or alive? I got to say alive. Come on. All right. Because uh, right. I, I still think that they'll get it figured out. I don't know. I got no re- I want. I, oh, I just want to hate Cliff Kingsbury and say that he sucks. I don't think it should be as easy as what it was for Steve Kime. Fine, they're alive. Fine, I'm going to say they're alive. Fine, go ahead. Kenny says they're alive. Good for you, Cardinals fans. And finally, the injury-prone, banged-up San Francisco 49ers, dead or alive? The Cardinals are dead and the 49ers are alive. Boom. Wow, the switcheroo. Cardinals, you You are screwed. You know what? I can't change who I am, folks. I can't change who I am. I don't think it should be as easy for Steve Kime, and if I got to live through that, I got to live through that. If they end up a 14-2 and team, and I got to wear this like a cloak of failure for the rest of my life, then fine, I'll do it. But I'm never going to buy into Cliff Kingsbury. I'm never going to buy in fully to Kyler Murray until he absolutely proves it every single week. Last week, I felt myself being alarmed a little bit by Kyler Murray, but I don't want those two to be have the residual effects because I kind of like Kyler Murray, and 
eh, there's not a whole lot I like about Cliff Kingsbury, let's be serious. But I just don't think it should be easy enough for Steve Kime to just turn right back around and do that to his football team. I want to give him credit, but why were you drafting Josh Rosen in the first place, and why did you hire Steve Wilkes in the first place? And stop blaming Bidwell. If it's all on Bidwell, then this one's going to go into the tank as well. No, I can't change who I am. I can't change me. And this one will probably be the one I get wrong this year. The Cardinals are dead, and the 49ers, with John Lynch working for Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers are alive. So if you're one of those dead teams, including Arizona, better luck next year. Big thanks to everybody who helped out today. Anthony Pirino was sensational. Ryan Hickey, amazing. Marco Belletti, wonderful. Erica Herskowitz, can't say any more. She's fantastic. Up next, Andrew Filipponi. It will be a total nonstop action tour de force with him. I'm Ken Carmen. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.